Fall guys, we avoided an injury. Did not get an injury tonight, so there is that. But my night still ends in crippling pain. So let's go over a couple of things. Um, let's start with the hard end play, right? Because that the ownership surprised me in GPPs. Uh, he was about 55, 60% owned. Um, really, again, I'm not, I'm not here to argue the, the play, but let's go over the reasons for why I did not really agree with that ownership. Um, so yeah, Harden, um, you had massive blowout risk. I would say 50-50, maybe even 60-40 that the game doesn't stay competitive, right? 13 point spread. And it was looking like that at halftime. Um, the 76ers were eight, were um, winning by 18. Um, but of course, so here's what happens. You get Joel Embiid foul trouble, loses seven, eight minutes, um, which is, you might not think is a lot. That's massive. That is absolutely massive because when Joel Embiid is not in the court, the offense is James Harden. So I'm not saying, like, James Harden was still playing well before, but the Embiid foul trouble greatly helped him. So you get Embiid foul trouble, and then you get the Pacers making it somewhat competitive, so Harden plays like 45 minutes and smashes. I'm just like, are you serious? Are you actually serious? So... Um, I'm tilted about that one. I'm not gonna lie. That that did tilt me. Like, of course, the chalk, the chalk droolers get uh, Embiid foul trouble and a competitive game. It's like okay. And someone asked me like, how do you not play sixty percent Harden? Like, well, I prefer John Morant and Kevin Durant at sub five percent ownership. I don't want to play a sixty percent on Harden when you have a chance that there, there's a decent chance that he only plays three quarters, right? And in tournaments, you have to think about this, right? So. If the game blows out, which there's about 50-50, maybe 60-40% chance that the game blows out, Harden only plays two and a half, three quarters. Now, can Harden still have a good game in that time? Yeah. Like, you probably, his ceiling in two and a half, three quarters, you would say is what? 50 is the ceiling? You think, you think that through, and you're like, all right, even if he gets his ceiling in a blowout, that's not going to win you a GPP, right? 50 from Harden will not win you a GPP. So, all those reasons were like, okay. I think there's a decent chance that, that the game blows out. I'm going to fade Harden. Um, and you just have everything line up perfectly for Chalk Harden, right? Embiid, foul trouble. Pacers make a late run, so Harden plays the entire game. So I'm not going to lie, that did tilt me. You can, like, whatever. I'll take the Harden L. Give me the clown paint. But, but hold on one second here. Last year. I mean, let me bring You ready for story time? Huh? You guys ready for story time? Last year. The Isaiah Jackson, Terry Taylor game. I don't know if you guys remember that, but I played Terry Taylor at like 1% ownership over like 75% Isaiah Jackson. Terry Taylor went for 50 fancy points, absolutely smashed. Um, in the late game, I was literally looking, I was going to win a GPP. I was literally going to win like the big, I was going to win like $20,000, $50,000. All I needed was an average game from James Harden. Right? Just an average game. He was on the nets at this time. There was no KD, there was no Kyrie. It was James Harden, team to himself, okay? And all I need is an average game to literally win like $20,000. Just an average Harden game, which was like 50. He goes for like 20 fantasy points. So the answer is, yes, I will never, ever forgive him for that. Uh, but yeah, I'll take my Harden now, whatever, but again everything aligned for Chalk Harden. So it's just like, come on, man. Come on. And then Jokic, a guy that I did like in the late game, he gets in massive foul trouble. Are we serious with that? Are we Jokic foul trouble? Come on. 
What is that? What is that? So let's go over the rest of my lineup. Um, so I basically full stacked this Utah Houston, this Utah Houston game. Oh, don't do not get me started on Lori Markinen. Lori Markinen. So I fade Lori Markinen last slate at high ownership. MVP Lori Markinen and overtime, seventy fantasy points. But I finally buy into Lori Markinen. Fine, and I've been fading him. He's just MVP, Lord Marketing. I finally play him tonight at 75% ownership. Massive bust. The building blocks for me tonight were uh, Jalen Green, Markinen, uh, Olenek, and uh, Devin Vassell. Devin Vassell, I, I made mistakes here. I made mistakes here for my last two spots. But basically, I knew I was going to do this. I knew I was playing Kevin Porter Jr., Green, Markman, Vanderbilt, who I really liked. I was surprised how low on Vanderbilt was. I don't know if people realize that he got in massive foul trouble the first three games, and that's why he played 11 minutes. But he finally stayed out of foul trouble this game. I think he played like 35 minutes. So I was all over like that. That we hit on. Um, so like the, the 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 first six guys here did well, right? Um, and KPJ absolutely smashed 50 fancy points at low ownership. Green was solid. Again, Markin was the one bust. Vanderbilt smashed. Olenek was fine. Clarkson was fine. Uh, but where I made my mistake here, and this is an L. Like, I definitely messed this up. Um, was playing... Okay, so here, here's... I did not think Uzman Grubo was going to be that popular. Once we got that news, he was coming off the bench. My thought process was, okay, they're going small, but I still think Grubo is going to play, like, low 20s minutes off the bench. I think he's going to kind of add that Sengun minutes, maybe a little bit less. That's what I was thinking. Like, Sengun is playing, like, mid to high 20s minutes. I was thinking, you know, around 20 for Grubo, which I thought made him still in play. Uh, but they dust off Boban and play him a couple of minutes, and Grubo plays, like, eight minutes total. So that was one, especially, I didn't know he was going to be this popular. 50% ownership, that's a huge out. Like, I definitely messed up there. I was debating these last two spots. I was like, I had Vassell here. And then it was like, it put me, if I went Vassell here instead of KD, it just put me in a weird spot where like, I could get to like, I think it was like Julius Randall. It was in a weird range where I was like, I don't know if there's anyone I liked there. So, um, yeah, it just, uh, I, I messed up. I messed up with that, that one for sure. So I take the Ellen Gruba 100%. Um, but, um, yeah, I think that's the recap. Let's see. Was there anything else I wanted to tilt? Oh, it's Min Bain. How about Desmond Bain? So happy for him, guys. So happy for Desmond Bain. Yeah. Woohoo! Uh, I, I played him last slate at no ownership after shooting 10% from the field back-to-back slates. And what does he do? He shoots 10% and they lose by 40. I also took his over PRA and prize picks. An under by two because he didn't play the fourth quarter. Dylan Brooks is back. So, all right, all right. You know what? I'm like, nah, I'm not going to play Desmond Bain sure what you saw what, what he did tonight. Went for like 60 fantasy points. Unbelievable. So uh, once again, my night ends in crippling pain, hard and stuff. Again, I'm not here to argue the hard and stuff. I gave my take. Um, it is what it is. Uh, Garuba, that was definitely an L by me. Me still playing Garuba was an L, but I didn't see eight minutes. I, I thought he would still play about 20 minutes. So Mistakes were made on my part for sure, but it was nice to bounce uh, to have a really good day in prize picks. Went four for five over there and made all the back and more from tonight. So that was thankfully a positive about tonight. But yeah, and then also on the showdown, like I have Jokic captain showdown, massive foul trouble. 
Like, come on, man. The Jokic foul trouble is just like... Because I know, I, know, I know some people on Patreon play, played Jokic. It's just like, you can't make that up. He had like two shot attempts, too, in the first half. Loses... Uh, all right, four games slate here. Let's do it, guys. So Detroit and Washington. Um, you got two bad teams going up against each other. Detroit runs a pretty tight rotation, but not excited. Aid Cunningham, guys, because he's in a good spot here, but this guy hasn't been in foul trouble yet. Hasn't been in foul trouble yet. You see, oh, you know, two fouls here, three fouls here, three fouls here. Okay, Cunningham, no, he doesn't deal with foul trouble, right? Oh, buckle up. Buckle up. Um, I just know I play Kate Cunningham tomorrow. He's getting in massive. He was in foul trouble literally every single game in the preseason. In foul trouble a ton in the regular season. This causes me a lot, a lot of pain. But if he can stay out of foul trouble in this spot, the ceiling is very clearly there. Like He is their go-to guy. And Jaden Ivey has played very well, 32, 29, 34 minutes. He's been that secondary playmaker. Um, I'm okay with him at this price point. Sadiq Bey also playing huge minutes, 42 and 39 fantasy points now, back-to-back games. Again, the positive, like I said, of Detroit, they're running a very tight rotation. Bojan Bidanovic, I hate playing this guy because he's scoring dependent, but he's gone for 37, 24, and 29 fantasy points in three games. He should play over 30 minutes. Isaiah Stewart, kind of splitting the center minutes right now with Jalen Duran. Um, so, but Stewart is playing a bit more and does have power forward eligibility. Let's see. Jalen Duran himself, more of a tournament-only play, 22, 23, 18 minutes. Um, again, GBP-only play there. And then Killing Hayes, he has really not shot well. What, 3 of 18 shooting through three games? But, I mean, he's being relatively high-usage player off the bench. Um, so, like, in a large-field tournament, I still think he's viable. You saw Isaiah Livers come back. He played 16 minutes off the bench. Mm-hmm. Eh, eh. The dust of Kojo is still in this rotation, too. He's 3-3. Eh, eh. So uh, that's Detroit mainly looking to the starters. On the Washington side, so Beal, Porzingis, Kuzma, this is kind of where the offense is run. Brad Beal played 42 minutes last game. That was uh, overtime. Um, he's been just all right. So I'm kind of indifferent on Brad Beal. I still think, my once again, my favorite play is Porzingis. Um, should play low 30s minutes, but he'll be productive. He should be able to feast against his Pistons front. He should be able to. Against like Isaiah Stewart or Jalen Duran. So I do like some Porzingis. And then Kyle Kuzma finally came back down to earth. I mentioned I was like, I don't know if Kuzma is going to continue to average 40 fancy points a game. He goes right back down to 22 fancy points. But um, still a guy that does have a ceiling. So that's my thoughts on the big three there for Washington. The point guard position is split between Morris and DeLon Wright. Almost an even split. 21, 26, and 26 minutes for Morris. Where DeLon Wright is playing 27, 22, and 26. So they're both kind of just there for me. Fine filler pieces. Will Barton played 35 minutes last game. That was a bit surprising. Still didn't do a ton. His minutes have kind of been all over the place. 25, then 17, then 35. Um, but I think he is definitely viable for tournaments. Like Will Barton is a guy that will shoot when he's out there. So if he finds his way into more minutes, he could definitely break the slate at 4.4K. Denny and Ruri kind of splitting that four um, position. Denny got in foul trouble again. Back-to-back games now where he's gotten in, in massive foul trouble. Uh, so Rui Hashimura played a bit more. And then, again, Will Barton saw some of those minutes. Um, they're both kind of just, again, secondary pieces. Daniel Gafford is the backup five. He hasn't done much back-to-back games for seven and six fancy points. But 
Normally, a decent point per minute guy, good shot blocker. Game one, you saw his ceiling going for 23 fancy points in 16 minutes. I do have some interest there in Gafford. Again, they're kind of taking it easy on Porzingis' minutes. He's playing like 32, 33 minutes a game. So Gafford is getting the rest. I think on a small slate, I do have some interest in Daniel Gafford. Dallas and the Pelicans. Luke Doncic, great option at the top. He's going to play huge minutes. Jason Kidd's going to play him basically like 37, 38 minutes a game. So I love Luka quite a bit. Christian Wood has been playing out of his mind the first couple games. It's not like he's getting a ton of minutes, too. 24, 25 minutes, but 41 and 47 fans points. I still have a hard time getting to him, but he's being super, super productive right now. So some interest in him for tournaments. The rest of Dallas is kind of just there. Dinwiddie, Hardaway, kind of splitting minutes right now. Um... They're both fine. Hardaway, a bit more scoring dependent. Dinwiddie can do a bit more of the peripheral stats. Dorian Finney-Smith, Reggie Bullock, we know what these guys are. They're 3 and D, staying in the corner, guys. Every once in a while, they can have an upside game if they knock down their threes, but most of the time, they're going to hover in that like 15 to 20 fancy point range. You got Maxi Kleba, who's in this rotation. He should play low 20s minutes on the bench. So this grouping of like DFS and Red Bullock and Kleba all look pretty similar. JaVale McGee is technically the starting center, but he's basically playing backup minutes. He's playing like 13, 14 minutes a game. 4,000, I do have some interest in him because he'll be productive when he's on the court. So don't mind a JaVale McGee at that price, but that's it for Dallas. Moving on to the Pelicans. So this is a team where we got to keep an eye on some news. No Ingram, Zion, and Herbert Jones, both questionable. That could open up a lot. Last game, they they benched JV. They closed with Larry Nance at the five. I think they closed with CJ. Nance, Trey Murphy, Herb Jones, and I think it was Alvarado in the closing lineup too. I think that was the closing lineup. Now, if Zion and Herb Jones both miss, so what that's going to do, you're going to have CJ and JV most likely kind of run the offense. Both would look really good. Um, And then Trey Murphy would most likely start. He would be a great value. He's a guy that is not afraid to shoot when he's on the court. And then... You might see a guy like Najee Marshall enter the starting lineup if Herb Jones is out. Like my guess for the starting lineup, if both Zion and Herb Jones is out, would probably be CJ, um, JV, Trey Murphy, Najee Marshall, and maybe Devontae Graham. That, that might be the starting lineup. CJ, Graham, backcourt with Murphy, Najee, JV. That might be the starting lineup to go with if Zion and Herb Jones are out. But obviously, if Zion and Herb Jones play, that's going to be a different story. Now, Zion himself at 8-7, if he plays, I like him at this price point. Um, if I had to guess right now, I'd say he doesn't play. I think they'll, they'll err on the side of caution with Zion just because of his injury history. But we will see. Um, and then, yeah, like I said, CJ and JV, they're going to run the show if, if Zion's out. So um, might give the edge to CJ here over JV. Um, JV did not play well last game, got benched down the stretch. But, I mean, we saw the upside from him two games ago. And then Larry Nance is playing the backup five. So if you're playing Nance, I wouldn't play JV. If you're playing JV, I wouldn't play Nance. They're basically, it's negative correlation. They're not really going to be on the court uh, much together. Trey Murphy, again, him and Najee Marshall could become really good values here if Zion and Herb Jones are both out. If it's just Zion that's out and Herb Jones plays, I actually would have some interest in Herb Jones. He really hasn't done much offensively through three games, but... Um, if Zion and Ingram are both out, you should see a more aggressive Herb Jones. So we'll keep an eye on that one. And then some of these value plays off the bench. Again, guys like Graham, Alvarado could be in play. You saw Jackson A's come back. He only played three minutes. He's a guy that could play some minutes in this rotation. So this is definitely a team we got to monitor the news. And it could definitely change the slate. And moving on to the Clippers and Thunder game. This game is not going to be fun. I'm just going to tell you that right now. 
No Paul George, no Marcus Morris. Who knows how many minutes Kawhi is going to play? Starting lineup could go a lot of different ways. My guess for what they do with the starting lineup is Reggie Jackson at the point, Luke Kennard at the two, Powell at the three, Batum at the four, Zubach at the five. That's what I think the starting lineup is. They could literally do so many things here. They could. So um, that's the way I think starts. Kawhi Leonard, 8.3, no Paul George. I mean, if he's only going to play 21 minutes, I can't do it. So at the moment, it's a pass. Unless we hear otherwise that he's going to play more, I, I can't do it right now. Avicii Zubac, how about game one? I'm like, all right, you know, I don't think, you know, Zubac, the Clippers love going small. I don't think he's going to play a ton of minutes. Makes me look like a complete idiot opening night. Plays 35 minutes and breaks the slate. Next two nights, they go small. 24, 21 minutes. It's like, come on. Come on, man. Um, so big Zubac. His minutes, his minutes range is pretty wide. I will say the low end of his minutes probably is about 20. Probably about 20. High end, we saw it from the Lakers. I don't know if we see 35 minutes, but if you see like closer to that 30-minute mark against this Thunder front court, you can see a pretty big game from Zubac. I, just, I don't like seeing the Clippers on the slate because they just they go so many different ways with this rotation, even with Morris and Paul George out. You just you never know what's going to happen here. So, um, yeah, not a fan of seeing this team on the slate. But going down a bit more, so Reggie Jackson, John Wall split the point guard duties. I prefer John Wall off the bench at 5-2. Uh, he's the better point guard guy of the two. But Reggie Jackson should be, like, in the starting lineup, he should probably be the go-to guy, assuming that Kawhi doesn't start. So I still have some interest in Reggie Jackson there, too. Norman Powell, I mean, this guy's been awful. I mean, come on. Like, I played him on the late slate here. Couple guys out, one of 10 shooting. But I fade him in the preseason, the last preseason slate of the season, might add. He goes for like 35 real life points. So, Powell, I mean, with no Morris and no Paul George, he should have a lot of opportunities. Question is, can he make his shots? Because he's pretty scoring dependent. Luke Kennard, another one of those scoring dependent guards. I think he plays more here. He's viable. Robert Covington should find his way into more minutes. He's the guy that can play small ball five. He's only 4-1. I think it's Nick Batum that starts. Don't know that for sure, though. If he does start at 3-2, yeah, fire up some Nick Batum. I think Terrence Mann enters his rotation. He probably plays a bit more. Um, You might see a little bit of, like, Brandon Boston uh, in this rotation. So it's just, I don't like the Clippers. I don't like the Clippers. I don't like this team. But you cannot ignore them here. No Paul George. No Marcus Morris. Great matchup, Kawhi most likely limited. At least a couple of these guys can have really good games. Good luck trying to figure out who it's going to be. <laughs> All right, and then moving on to the Thunder. You thought the Clippers were fun, and I interest you in the Thunder. O'Shea, no Giddy, most likely a 15-man rotation. Not going to be fun. It's not going to be fun. So, without the two highest usage players on this team, you would think you've got to have some interest in the Thunder. Here's what I'll say. They have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 available players here. I think all 13 guys play. And I really wish that the guard Jalen Williams would be available for this game because I would be all over him. But no, he's out. So the Thunder are thin on guard. I think they start Trey Mann at the point. So I think Trey Mann would probably be my favorite play here from the Thunder. Normally, he's a pretty score-independent guard. But when you have no Shea and no Giddy, 
he's going to become a bit of a different player here. He's most likely to do a lot of the ball handling. His floor should go up. He should get more assist, um, obviously while still scoring the ball. So I like Trey Mann a lot here at 5-5. Five, five. I think he's probably my favorite play in the Thunder. I think you've got to have interest in Lou Dort too. A guy that is uh, going to shoot, right? He's a guy that will, will definitely chuck 12, 13, and 15 shot attempts. And with the two highest usage players off the court, you're most likely going to see Lou Dort uh, probably be one of the go-to guys in offense. So Dort, man, I look a good amount. The rest of this rotation, though, this is what I'm talking about, guys. We'll just quickly go over some minutes. JRE went from 12 to 18 to 26 minutes. Let's check on Pokashevsky. Like 25 minutes game one, you might think, oh, he's going to be a big part of this rotation. Get out of here. 12 and 13 minutes last couple games. How about Usman Jang, the rookie? How about barely playing first couple games? 23 minutes against Minnesota. Henrich Williams, he's starting, but he's playing like 15, 20 minutes a game. Darius Baisley, one of their better offensive players. You would think, okay, you know, he's only playing about 20 minutes off the bench. Uh, maybe he plays a bit more against a game against Minnesota, right? Four minutes. Four minutes for Darius Baisley. Like Muscala, the dust of Mike Muscala. No idea what he's, why he's on this team. He's playing minutes, and he's smashed in back-to-back games, might I add. That's a bit of an outlier for Muscala, but um, he's been in this rotation. The other Jalen Williams, DNP back-to-back games, he saw eight minutes last game. Um, Eugene Amorier, 15, 3, 12 minutes. Aaron Wiggins, 16, DNP, then 16, then 25 minutes. Isaiah Joe from the 76ers saw six minutes last game. They have Lindy Waters still on this team, played 14 minutes. I'm just telling you right now, it is going to be really hard to feel confident with anyone outside of Dort and Man. It really is. Now, if I had to take some shots at some guys, who would it be? Well, I think Pokashevsky and Baisley would be the guys I would consider because those are guys that are actually decent point per minute. And if the minutes fall their way, they can have good games. I just, I can't tell you how much they're going to play, right? I have no idea. So this is similar to the Pacers, right? Outside of like Halliburton, now it's like, who knows who's going to get who, how many minutes? That's what, that's my take on the Thunder. So really it's man, it's Dort. Those are the guys I'm the most confident in. Outside of that, good luck. And finally, Golden State and Phoenix. Well, this is a game I'm definitely going to watch. I really, really am excited for this game. Two good teams going up against each other. We'll start off with the Golden State Warriors. We'll still, we're still running a deep rotation, but Steph Curry, 9.9K. I always like him for tournaments. The floor, not as high with him, but the ceiling is massive. Andrew Wiggins, he's literally, he's a different player at this point in his career. He is a different player than he was, you know, two years ago, last year, beginning of the year. Um... He's being super aggressive offensively. He's rebounding well. Um, he's getting some blocks and steals. 7-1, I'm totally fine with that. Jordan Poole, um, I played him at low ownership on, I think it was the showdown slate here. He shot five times. The next game, smashes, shoots 14 times. So with Poole, ceiling is high, floor relatively low. Clay Thompson and Draymond Green, I think they're still playable on the small slate. They're not going to see huge minutes. Their minutes are capped, but... You know, 27 minutes for Clay last game, and you saw 28 for Draymond. So they're both fine. Um, Clay relatively score independent. Draymond and Guy the more can stuff the stat sheet. Looney and Wiseman are both splitting the center minutes. They're both fair plays. Um, Wiseman, the better point for minute guy of the two, but 
I don't think you can feel confident with either. Jermichael Green played a big role the first couple games, only played 13 minutes last game. So his minutes obviously can fluctuate because guess what? His coach is Steve Kerr. Minga's basically been out of the rotation. No DiVincenzo. Um, it's not like he was playing huge minutes anyway. You probably see Moses Moody just pick up a few extra minutes. At the Flatman price, I guess he's fine, but he's pretty scoring dependent playing alongside the main Warriors. That's it for Golden State. For Phoenix, a little bit more clear-cut what we can expect here. You should see big minutes for Booker, Paul, Aiton, and Bridges. Um, I think the, the starting, those main four guys all look pretty good. Devin Booker is basically playing like 40 minutes a game right now. That last game against the Clippers was a blowout, so that's why he only played 35. But Booker, I mean, he's their clear go-to guy offensively, so I like him a good amount there at that price point. I think Chris Paul is too cheap. Minutes, you know, low 30s, played 33 minutes last game, but... A guy that has a pretty high floor with his assist. And at 7K, it just feels a bit underpriced for Paul. So I like both Phoenix guards a good amount here. DeAndre Ayton's fine. Of course, I played him last slate. He got in massive foul trouble to no surprise. Lost big minutes. Uh, but assuming no foul trouble, he probably plays, you know, 33, 34 minutes. Um, Mikel Bridges is very, very safe. 41, 38, 36 minutes. Probably not going to kill you and has been a little bit more aggressively offensively this year. Cam Johnson, the minutes are a little concerning for me. He did deal some foul trouble last game, but 27, 23, 23 minutes. He is only 4'8", so I do think he's still fine. But I would have liked if he's, you know, seeing minutes in the 30s. Off the bench, Lee, uh, his minutes went down last game. Jock Landell's the backup five. He saw extra run last game because DeAndre Ayton foul trouble. Corey Craig saw 25 minutes last game. That was a little bit surprising, um, but... If you, if you said that Torrey Craig was going to play 25 minutes again, I'd be totally fine playing him in the price point. Cameron Payne is playing the backup point guard role. His minutes are kind of capped, playing about 15 minutes, but he'll be relatively aggressive when he's on the court. He shot the ball 11 times in 15 minutes last game. Landry Shamit first game back, only played 13 minutes. A little bit tough for me to go there. And yeah, that's going to do it for the Suns, and that'll also do it for the video. So, Hey guys, if you've been enjoying, just make sure to like, subscribe, hit the notification bell. Appreciate you as always, and I'll see you all in the next video.